This is Love What I Love, the podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Masha. And Andy. And this week, we're talking about Save the Last Dance. Dance is a drama dance film about a Midwestern teenager named Sarah Johnson who gives up ballet and her dream of going to Juilliard after her mom tragically dies in a car accident the day of her audition. She faces some drastic changes in her lifestyle, moving in with her father in inner city Chicago, and she's forced to make new friends, explore interracial relationships, and discover a new genre of dance. A new. <laughs> I, like, I like your choice of words of discover and oh, new. Okay, listen. Very Columbus. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, no. <laughs> That's not how I meant it. I know. It's uh, being a dick. Yeah, okay. Well, it's first of all, she's discovering it for herself. Yep. She's not claiming it as her own, though. I don't think she has much to claim. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. Can I just real quick? Because. We usually, we write our own synopsis. Like, we get inspiration from our research and stuff. But, like, I wrote that synopsis. Yeah. Can I just read you real quick the synopsis of this movie? Like, from other sources? Yeah. A white Midwestern girl moves to Chicago where her new boyfriend is a black teen from the South Side with a rough semi-criminal past. (laughs) What? What movie is that? (laughs) I mean, all the facts are kind of right, but it's just like described way fucking weird. Yeah, for it's nothing about her and dancing. Yeah, her new boyfriend is a black teen <laughs> with a rough, semi-criminal past. Yes, but like that's not the point of the movie. No, it's not the plot. That's just a, <laughs> a description of one part of it. So there's this black dude, and you know he's had a rough past. Nothing about him, you know, being a smart, you know, black man getting who gets into Georgetown. Well, not even that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's not in there. But also, the movie's called Save the Last Dance, and there's no description of dance. Not at all. Like, all right. So I just wanted to. You show, didn't want. To, you didn't want to copy and paste that one. I hell to the <laughs> no. But like, I I was just looking around, and you know, I'm browsing how people s- summarize this movie, and I was like, yeah, there's no inspiration oh, coming from that. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I hope uh, you all like my synopsis there. But you didn't tell me that there was a black guy. Okay. How am I supposed to know what kind of movie I'm getting into? Here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Save the Last Dance came out in January of 2001. So staying on trend here with all my all the movies that I love being. Around twenty years old or so. Yeah, did we? We I think we just uncovered this that <laughs> every movie you love was between like nineteen ninety nine and two thousand two, basically. Uh, I think it's a little bigger window than that, <laughs> but yeah, you're pretty much. I feel like nothing that you consider you love, you've seen, you know, after you turned like eighteen <laughs> and or before you were like seven. So. Oh man. But anyway, so this movie, like I said, was released in January two thousand one. It was directed by Thomas Carter, who's also directed Coach Carter, another movie that oh, I love. Is he is he Coach Carter? He is not. Uh, what do you mean? I meant inspiration. Because he's yeah. black, Andy? <laughs> no, because his last name is Carter. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow. Oh, I, I did love not. When you, I love when you have so much jurisdiction in your voice on the podcast, but I know you just missed something. 
That's embarrassing. It was a bad joke because his last name was Carter. Uh, yep. And Coach Carter, I think, is based on a true story. So it is. I, I saw I was joking but also, like, like he's a real Coach Carter. Right. But there's also no way you would know he was black. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> no, man. I was actually curious if he was. Uh, he is. Yes. Yeah. He also directed Metro with Eddie Murphy. I don't know if you've seen that. I an Eddie Murphy haven't. Fan. I feel like I've heard of it, but yeah, I actually never saw that one. Uh, okay. And... He also directed Swing Kids. Oh, snap. I've seen Swing Kids. I've told you about that movie. Yeah. So I really want to watch it now. Do you yeah. love it? I don't know if I love it. I definitely think it's pretty good. I haven't um, seen it in a long time. I watched yeah. it in school, like in middle school. It's funny because it looks like a movie I want to see, and you've suggested it in the past. Yeah. But the getting a little off track here for a very brief moment, the ratings weren't like great at all no. for it. That's like, the thing. That's like why it. I haven't seen it since I was you know, younger than 16 years old. Mm -hmm. So I remember thinking it was like really good, but I was also didn't have a lot of taste developed at the time. But I mean, we'll see. There are a lot of actors in it that I like. So yeah, it's got Nazi Christian Bell. Cool. Oh, and cool. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) What's wrong with me today? I'm not not paying attention. He's not listening. (laughs) But anyway, shout out to Thomas Carter because he's my birthday twin. Oh, snap. Yeah. Nice. So this movie was written by Dwayne Adler, who's responsible for writing many, if not all, of the Step Up movies. Oh, man. He's Mr. Step Up? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Mr. Step Up. I love when a franchise has one person as like the through line throughout all the movies, uh, whether it's a director or a writer or a producer who's always kind of just like creatively in charge. Yeah. Even if I don't watch them, I just find them more fun to be like, oh, this, this is someone's like seventh time up to bat, you know? Like, yeah. I would think I'd make it different. So I think of like... You know, Justin Lin with Fast and Furious. And also, I think Chris Morgan writes almost all of them. Mm-hmm. So the same guy has to sit down every three years and be like, what are these guys going to do next? That's cool, too. Yeah, like you said. It, yeah. yeah. And like all the Chucky movies, except for the new remake, has been the same either writer or writer-director. Mm-hmm. So one guy wrote seven of those fucking doll movies. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Hi-dee-ho. ha <laughs> ha. How I wish that there were some through lines with some of the franchises I love. I yeah. mean, we just talked about Bring It On. These are all like, like they just dump the actors, grab new ones, and then kind of redo the same plot. Yeah. But yeah, he's Mr. Step Up, choreographed by Fatima Robinson. And... I thought it was just an opening credits. It was just Fatima. Oh, my bad. Fatima. But like, is that, that's how it is? She's just She's Fatima. just Fatima, Damn. I think. Yeah. And, you know, she's a very well-credited uh, talented choreographer you know her client list goes from like michael jackson to megan trainer like nice. it's very like she's w- pretty well known in that industry cool, cool. and of course save the last dance stars julia styles sean patrick thomas carrie washington and fedro star who does fedro star play he's malachi oh okay I'd love to talk about the cast in a little bit, but yeah. before I do that, just wanted to let you know, because you like the facts, uh-huh. this movie was a huge success. All right. It debuted at number one in the box office in January. The film had a budget of 13 mil and made 27.5 in its opening weekend and ended up making 131 mil worldwide. Damn. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I think uh, there's a lot in this film that maybe before its time, like nothing was really... The topics that are sort of explored in this, I don't think were really explored for like the teen 
demographic. Uh-huh. So I think maybe that's what one of, was one of the things that contributed to ex- its success. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. The soundtrack also was very successful. I mean, great hip hop tracks. The soundtrack went gold and platinum, apparently, and it won an American music award for best soundtrack in 2002 nice yeah they're all awesome so <laughs> i have most of them nice that was a little bit of background per use of save the last dance but andy i really want to know oh. where you were with your knowledge on save the last dance because i know that it's not a movie you would have picked up on your own <laughs> <laughs> nope i hope you're not too hyped up because i got nothing on this one really other than i mean you know, 2001, I would have been 11. So I, I remember the commercials, you know, I was a TV watching little kid. I remember it coming out and I remember the trailers. And then if this was a one, the next year would have been the year Barbershop came out. I remember I saw that and I was a big fan of that movie. Mm-hmm. And I would yeah. watch that all the time. And uh, Sean Patrick Thomas is in that. So I guess not when it was out, but, you know, I would think maybe the year later going down Blockbuster, see, you know, because it was a hit, it was probably... Remember when the new releases that were hits would take a whole wall to themselves? Yeah. Every other movie have like two co- one copy, two copies. Yeah. You hit you gotta save the last dance, whole wall. So I, I just I just remember remembered that the movie existed. I always, you know, I knew who Julia Stiles was, Sean Patrick Thomas, I remembered. Uh, but never saw it. Never even really thought about it as time went on. Just life went on without Save the Last Dance <laughs> until you know, we started dating. I've often mentioned that it's one of the movies that you grew up watching and not quite as much as the last scene of Dirty Dancing, but you've definitely popped on <laughs> YouTube for me. The first dance between Julia Stiles and Sean Patrick Thomas in this movie with oh, the, yeah. over the Method Man and Red Man track. <laughs> so I've seen that scene probably twice before watching this. So I'd say this is my third time seeing that scene. <laughs> um, but I kind of... I, I could understand the general idea of the movie without... Obviously, I didn't know the inner workings of the characters. I didn't know the subplots that each character was going to go through. Right. I didn't know it was going to be about her mom dying in a car crash or anything like that. I didn't really even know it was going to be about ballet. So from the outside, to me, it was the black person teaches a white person a dance of the movie. <laughs> yep. Now that I've seen it, that's it's still... <laughs> there's a lot of that. But, you know, in the 2000s and in the 90s, you know, the white people do this, black people do this, whereas the king of the jokes. So that shit was everywhere. So Absolutely. I just like... You know, it was just another one of those, you know, like everything, everything was filled with that humor. Yo, check this out. Black guys drive a car like this. Ding, ding. Yeah, but white guys, see, they drive a car like this. It's true. It's true. We're so lame. So, yeah, all I remember was all the commercials of just the dance scenes of her being corny and then him being smooth and then... At the end of the commercial, they show her being smooth a little bit and be like, oh, check out this movie. <laughs> smooth yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can't Not give, all the way. They can't give away the you know the ending. They don't want to show the end part. So they, they get her halfway to smooth. Got it. So I don't know. That was a long way of saying me. I never saw it. Never really thought about it. I knew that they danced to a Method Man and Red Man song. Yeah. And the only reason you actually showed me that scene is because that song comes on to my car all the time because it's fucking awesome. And then you'd be like, save the last dance. And I'd be like, how is Method and Red the Rock Wild making you think of save the last dance? So you showed it to me to, to show me why you know that song. Yeah. And uh, I remember showing it to you maybe the first time and being like, man, I'll never get this guy to watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> Just, you, you didn't know? I had no idea. 
I love hearing what you think a movie is going to be about or like hearing your comments on, you know, what you'd expect versus what it is. So uh -huh. I can't wait to keep talking about this. Yeah. Like, I didn't know ballet was in this at all. <laughs> yeah. It's not really like it's not on the cover. You kind of have to read this. I'm sure it's in the full trailer, but I was also 11 at the time. So it just wasn't, you know, right. I was waiting for. The next, like, uh, you know, Mummy Returns. You know, that's what I was waiting for in 2001. It wasn't, totally. it, it had to be stupid and CGI and explosions for me as an 11 year old to be excited. Yeah. And again, it came up before I knew who Sean Patrick Thomas was. Because 2002 was also, I brought it up like six times, but the shitty Halloween with Busta Rhymes in it. Yes. He's in that also. Uh, so he's one of the teens in that movie. Damn, Sean was working a lot. Yeah. He's a he's a culinary student, so he tries to fight Michael off with cooking uh, with like steak knives. Oh boy! But then he gets killed. Well, the story of most characters. Okay. They try to do something, but then they get killed. Totally. I, I you love it. You want to watch? No. <laughs> so save the last dance for me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's a wow, bit that's thing. saying it. <laughs> oh, come on. It's not surprising that I was obsessed with a lot of dance movies around this time. Uh -huh. I did not see this movie in theaters, probably rented it from Blockbuster, but I think... Off to save the last dance wall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> off the off the same wall. I remember renting this movie a lot. Um, eventually got it, getting it on DVD. But I think this was one of if not maybe the first exposure i had to interracial relationships i was never i mean i don't think people raise their kids being like you should only like white people or you should only like black people yeah. <laughs> you know but I, yeah there might be some people okay maybe there might be some <laughs> but you know it's not, it's not a broad blanket and the way my mom approached things i mean i was still like a preteen or whatever so yeah. you know my mom always grew me up in like people are people get to know them in your own way don't care what you know people say or whatever sure. but i think that this might have been the beginning of me like thinking about like oh a boy's cute or whatever and it, it it was fun to see you know looking through a lot of clips on youtube and stuff in the comments a lot of people crediting this movie to being like being the first interracial couple that they knew you know That's funny but I think that drew me in and just, of course, the overall love of theater and dance. And I'm trying to think. Sorry, you got me on, on my own side tank yeah. in my head. I'm trying to think of like, what, what did I ever watch as a kid? Though? <laughs> I don't know. It just always seems normal. Interracial relationships? Yeah, yeah. Like I, like, I can't think of like watching a piece of media that was like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, like if I you think of this and Cinderella, way. those were like the two for me. Yeah. I don't know, because I was a weird kid who watched a lot of Nick at Night, so I was watching a lot of old TV, uh -huh. and I loved the Jeffersons, and their neighbors were an interracial couple, Oh. and that was like the 70s, so maybe that's why like it felt normal to me, because I would watch stuff that was 20 years from before I was born, yeah. and it was going on then, and then I'm, so now, you know, in your head, you're like, especially as a little kid, you're like, well, now it's like the future, we are, everyone's cool, <laughs> so blah, blah, blah. And yeah. like for, for you being that age, it's like, oh, that's been forever. Yeah, like, exactly. That's been like, normal. Forever. The 70s, <laughs> forget about it. So I can't, but like, I don't think I ever had the like conscious thought and I'm just trying to think back on it now. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think. And I, uh, sorry, can I, yeah. and I also mentioned that in an older episode where a lot of like the kids media, it wasn't interracial relationships, but interracial friendships were crazy prevalent on all the kids TV shows mm -hmm. I watched. 
shouldn't say all, but <laughs> you know, I like like I loved Hey Arnold. Every day I watched Hey Arnold. Mm-hmm. The best friend was Gerald. You know, like there was no, and yeah. they never had a very special episode where they talked about it. You know, it was just like that was the best. I was his best friend, and that was how it went down. Yeah. So for I don't know, it just everything seemed normalized at least based on the media I was consuming. That's my side. Thing. No, I like that. Right. One thing that you'll probably find hilarious, but I look back now and think, damn, that was messed up, is. And I explained this in the plot. The mom, Sarah's mom, dies yeah. at the begin- beginning of the film trying to rush to make uh, Sarah's audition for Juilliard. Yeah. And she dies in a car accident. So when I was growing up, I was involved in a lot of extracurricular activities. I did theater. Um, I was on the soccer team in high school. And I would always want my mom to come to my games and to my theater performances and all that. And she was a single mom working, very similar to this movie, actually. But I would always be upset when she wouldn't come and she'd make all these excuses. And so after seeing this movie, even up to college when I would want her to come to my theater shows, she would use this movie as an excuse to not come. Whoa, that's cold. (laughs) She'd be like... I wasn't expecting that. She'd be like... don't don't push it. Don't try and push it. You don't oh, want it. That's cold. You don't want ice. it to be like save the last dance. If something happens to me, you know, don't force me to come. Yo. If I come, I come. Yo, <laughs> it's messed up. That doesn't make any sense. By that same logic, it's as dangerous to go to the supermarket. <laughs> it's as dangerous to go anyway. You know, I guess. I guess. Just be like, how about just don't rush? Yeah. Like, don't leave late and don't speed. Right. Like, how about, like, take those lessons? It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. But I would have. I just thought, <laughs> I just thought it was going to be like this sad story about you being like, I wish my mom came to more things. I didn't, nope. I didn't expect the left turn. <laughs> <laughs> she don't want to save the last dance to happen now, do you? Yeah. So uh, I would have, like, a else? ton of guilt. <laughs> is she doing anything else that she's like you don't want a bambi to happen you don't want a loose hunter to shoot <laughs> i'm sure there are other examples they're probably gonna come up in this podcast you know? and i feel free open and open talking about it because she doesn't listen to the podcast yeah. so like it's pretty messed up <laughs> oh my god that's so funny <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> i thought you'd enjoy that so my background with the film is pretty pretty straightforward i love it and uh we'll get into I, I just can't wait to get into it. Well, you were a bit apprehensive picking it. And oh. you did say, I don't know if I love this movie before we started it. Oh. So I'm not as t- as saying that you have to yeah, answer yeah, that yeah. right now. But like, was that a thing? I don't know. I, I guess you would have to answer it. No, no. So I was a bit apprehensive because it had been so long since I saw the whole movie. And... On my on the social meds, there have been so many. <laughs> Can we say social media as a, as a podcast? <laughs> social meds, you hate social meds. All right, awful. I'm sorry. On <laughs> on the social media sites. All right, all right. <laughs> there have been a lot of memes and videos lately that just take clips of the dance scenes in this movie, and like you know, the quotes will be like, "Yo, how the hell." Did they like make me think this was fire? Like, 
<laughs> so I was so I was All a little right, worried cool. being like, oh, man, like, am I still going to love this film? Because I yeah. also agree. I do not know how I think this. I thought those moves were fire. All right, cool. Yeah, we're not talking about the movie. We're talking about the moves. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. like, I didn't look up anything, but I was so curious of to where my opinion fell with the, <laughs> with the with the main popular opinion. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> some of that shit. I think this movie as a as a goofy ass white dude who dances from time <laughs> to time. That was some goofy ass white dancing that uh-huh. I just couldn't even understand. I was like, I just wanted to take her home and just be like, just let's not, let's just let's pick up a new hobby. I'm telling you, kids who watch this Yo. movie at my age in 2001, 2002, there was some sort of spell that this put on you, that made you think that every single move in this movie was just amazing. Like hitting the beat, like just so hardcore. I just can't wait because, and the best part about it too is there'd be all this buildup in the music and yeah. like the hype and everything, and then it would be the softest move oh, that like, felt. Yeah, it'd be like the left foot goes over right foot and then they slide back. Like, I mean, all right, it's, wasn't a bad move. Right. Jesus, but I, yeah, yeah, I'm no, I'm you know me. I don't know anything about the actual practicalities of dance. <laughs> So I don't want to sit here and like criticize professionals too much, but for me as an observer, I was like. So were you sitting while we were watching the movie? Were you like, does Masha think this is amazing? Like, uh, were you, what was no, going on in your head? I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll. I'd rather go into it when we're scene by scene. But okay. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the stuff that's supposed to be bad. We're supposed to be like, holy crap. Right. But like, even that was bad on a level where like I don't even know where people are seeing the potential. <laughs> Was like, how do you even work on that? Damn. But we'll get it. Yeah, let's talk about it later. But that's hilarious. I I kept looking at you, like, trying to be subtle about it, but, like, trying to get your facial reactions. You were just blank. I couldn't read anything on your face. (laughs) That's a lot. Oh, jeez. So, just... A process later. (laughs) Just real quick, Thomas Carter, before he got this script, he had always had a want to do an interracial romance movie. So mm-hmm. once the script came across his uh, desk, he was really excited about it. He said when he got the script, it wasn't great, but he saw it as a great opportunity. So they actually worked on the script for you know another nine months before they even started casting. And he sought out Julia Stiles after seeing her dance in 10 things about you remember that scene where she's dancing on the table when she's drunk yeah that inspired him to seek her out and get her for this that's interesting (laughs) that's an interesting answer (laughs) or comment to that (laughs) i can't wait to talk through the people that you didn't recognize in this movie as well so why don't we just jump into it yeah let's go Obviously, we start out right out the top. You know, Sarah's mom passes away, which I'll just mention real quick is the longest death scene of all time. Yeah. Uh, Super tragic. It was very jarring the way it was cut. And it kind of put me off guard at first because I wasn't really able to grasp where we were at Mm. in terms of it would be footage of the car crash, footage of her on stage in front of some judges dancing, and then like footage of her in school and footage of her on a bus. And it didn't take me long, but like the very beginning, I was just like, well, like which one of these is the timeline we're following and mm. which what was before what? But, you know, it was not not that it was, threw me off like crazy, but I just thought I would mention that in the beginning. It was very jarring the way they cut it. I yeah. didn't really expect it in a movie like this. You know, it was like, it was, right. like, it was an artistic choice. 
I think it was their way of trying to make you not predict so quickly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I was. I thought that you would predict, you know, real quick that her mom died. What did? Were you able to put that together before it happened? It was a long death scene, but also once I saw the car, kind of, mm-hmm. I could kind of figure it out. Like I knew that it was going to be something tragic. Okay, cool. Uh, because I I remember being surprised, and this is a. I always skip the beginning of the movie when I would rewatch it. You sounds know? like a Masha move. Yep. <laughs> so I was just curious about that. But right after her mom passes away, she ends up moving in with her estranged dad in inner city Chicago. And the movie sort of picks up from there. Do you, who, who plays her dad? I might be mixing him up with someone, but he looks like... Is he from Oz? I he is to, from Oz. Yeah, McManus. Her dad was played by Tenny Kinney. He was in Oz as Tim McManus. Ah, McManus. No, yeah. yeah, I haven't watched Oz in like 15 years. And I remember I saw him. I was like, is that McManus? <laughs> <laughs> so at least you recognize him. Yeah, I recognize some people. All right. People. Cool. I don't even know who you were referring to earlier when you said the people I didn't recognize in the movie. All right. It's really one person. All right. Should we wait or do you want to just throw it out Let's there right just now? wait. All right. They do a nice job of like quickly breezing through. She's this... Midwestern girl who goes to an all-white school. You know, she's very white. Seems like a Catholic school, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what or it was. Either, other than that, her best friend was incredibly Catholic because you only see her for five seconds and she's just praying for her, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah she yeah. is. Hmm. So, I don't know. To me, that I thought she went to like an all-girls Catholic school. Oh. But she might have just had a really overly religious friend. Right. I think there were some talks of this movie at the very beginning taking place in a Catholic school. So, maybe that, like, just stuck through i don't know yeah but yeah um and then you know she transitions from this middle class white school to you know the inner city all black or mostly black high school with uh i think it was an all urban high school Mm -hmm. (laughs) you did not find that fun (laughs) 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 one thing i will compliment this movie on and this might just be my opinion Mm -hmm. is that i feel like hollywood could really over dramatize you know a school like that but for some reason it yes it was definitely dramatized but i feel like that there was still a level of authenticity but that just might have been you know the actors and like just the environment like even walking through the hallways like when julia styles is walking through the hallways in school like the, the students interacting with each other, like having fun in the hallways, that just felt very authentic to me. Yeah, like the conversations you jumped in in and out of. Yeah, yeah. like the, yeah, the extras yeah, they were well-picked. They actually looked like high school students and from you know my experience, acted like high school students too. Right. Just, yeah. And since we're talking about high school and age, I just wanted to point out real quick that Julia Stiles, when shooting this movie, was 19. Really? Yeah. Damn, so she was 17 and 10 things I hate about you? Yep. Wow. You know how old Sean was? I'm going to guess 27 because I'm old every... <laughs> He's 31. 31? <laughs> Jesus is it... Christ. I had no idea. The age gap is crazy. That's insane. <laughs> it's more than a decade. That's that's a year older than I am right now. And I couldn't imagine me passing with high school students. <laughs> you know, like if they made a movie, yeah. if they tried to cast me as a high school student, just naturally? Yeah. Oh, this fucking movie would tank. <laughs> would they be, we'd be like, who's the narc? Like, who, who brought this fucking bald-headed Maybe. old guy? <laughs> I don't think... I think you have a chance if you cha- shave the beard. Uh, I don't think so. High school? <laughs> no. Fuck it. If you here. don't speak? Because <laughs> <laughs> your voice will definitely give uh, me away. 
How do you do, fellow kids? What? 31. Yeah. Good on him. I know. Wow. It's like Gabrielle Union status. That's, yeah, that's, she, he, she was like 27, though. This is 31. You're right. I mean, it's both both are crazy for yeah. sure, but I'm saying. So I, I thought that was hilarious. Carrie Washington was 22. All right, all right. But, you know, Sean is Sean's character, Derek, is the first other main character we really meet at the school during Sarah's first class, her first English class. Yeah. And right off the bat, he is clearly a studious, intelligent guy who he, I don't think she was expecting. Yeah. And he has like a tiny little, little bit chip on his shoulder. Like, he does, right. you know, he does, he's not really into her coming in on his territory. Yeah, yeah. And uh, trying to like be smart. I wrote right away from that scene alone. I was like, he's like the same character from Barbershop. That's what he was in that too, where he was kind of the smart guy who thought he was better than everyone else. Yeah. But they, you know, he, they gave his character more depth than that after the scene. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he, the whole movie, he wasn't just like the snotty asshole. Like he is in Barbershop. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's all he is. So you're introduced to Derek and then you're also introduced to Chanel. She gives tough love to Sarah in the hallway by stealing her backpack, but giving it back yeah. to sort of teach her a lesson. That's how quick it is to give to charity around here. <laughs> I freaking love Carrie Washington. This is my this is my first time seeing her in a film, but it was also her first big studio film nice. of That's her awesome. career. Yeah, she's great. Just so natural and so gifted. But yeah, I, I remember always wanting like a friend like Chanel, you know, in my life. <laughs> a street tough friend who's got your back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're hilarious. Um, but you learn real quick that uh, Derek and Chanel are actually brother and sister. Yeah, that's when they're at the, in the lunchroom. And that's like the first time after that scene that Chanel kind of reaches out and introduces her to her friends. Right. And there was a payphone in the lunchroom. Did you have a payphone <laughs> in your lunchroom? <laughs> No way. I never saw a payphone in a lunchroom. That was crazy. What can you even call us to them? Everyone you know is there. <laughs> Who are you calling? I don't know. You're calling your... Oh, these are the teens in this movie were adult as hell. Oh, man. yeah. Like, they, they really were. Like, were. I was trying to like, pull myself in the shoes. I was like, man, I was such a dark at 17, 18. <laughs> like, I wasn't... I wasn't hitting up steps every night and doing oh all this shit. Oh my god, steps! What a cool name for a club. Yeah, it's not bad. I feel oh, like and and they were smoking cigs in the lunchroom. Uh, wait, were they? Yeah, I forget who oh, it was. One of the characters. It was Malachi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hanging out. He just busted. I was like, because first of, my first note was like payphone in the lunchroom. And right <laughs> there, I was like, cigarettes in the lunchroom. <laughs> That's crazy. So, since we're talking about him, I might as well mention Malachi, played by Fedro Starr. Uh-huh. Well-known actor, producer, rapper. Yep. Uh, <laughs> member of Onyx. Yep. So, I didn't recognize him. I know Onyx Yeah, got, uh, very well. They were huge uh, in the 90s. Yeah. What's their hit song again? Slam. Yeah, it was really fun. Let the boys be boys. That's a good one. So there's another member in the group, Sticky Fingers. <laughs> I don't know if he was in a lot of movies, but he was in Next Friday, which was a movie I watched a lot growing up. So I knew he was in movies, but I didn't know that Frederick Star was also in movies. But they oddly look alike. They all have bald heads. <laughs> you so, could have fit right in. So the three, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right They're also in. all black. <laughs> yeah, fit right in. <laughs> yeah, bald head, the one requirement. <laughs> I actually knew him from Moesha before I knew oh, him in Save the Last he was Dance. In Moesha? It's been a long time since I watched Moesha, but from what I remember, he basically kind of plays the same character. Sort of that, like, he's the boyfriend of Moesha that the parents don't really want around her because yeah. he's, you know, 
I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to generalize all rapper actors because there's some really great ones, right. but some of them are not great actors. They mm. can kind of play the one tough guy role that they portray in their music. I see, I see. Yeah, no. I don't so. know. I'm, I'd love to see, uh, what's his name, Fedro, do, try and do other stuff. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, but. I don't know. I, I haven't even, I, Onyx maybe he's still making records, but I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I think he's still producing stuff. He might be yeah. a solo artist at this point. Not um, only a slam an awesome song, mm-hmm. but uh, they made a sequel song a couple years later called Slam Harder. Uh-huh. <laughs> Slam Harder. That that's one, fun. That one's hot, too. Since we're talking about Malachi, a couple things on him. He was actually apparently in The Wire. Like, you know, not as a main role, obviously, but like he was in The Wire. Maybe that's why I recognize him. Because I was mm. like, even though I know Onyx and I'm a fan, I don't really know what they look like. I haven't seen all their videos. So even though I was a big fan of Onyx, I didn't know what the people looked like the group members outside of Sticky Fingers. I'm actually surprised you did it. Yeah, it's actually weird. I guess I didn't watch a lot of the video- their videos from back then. Mm-hmm. I only really know their first album and then whatever one had that sequel song I was just telling you about. Uh-huh. But it's like, that was a whole sequel album. So I did recognize the guy and I didn't know why because it was definitely wasn't Onyx. But since you said The Wire, that makes sense. Do you remember who he played? or? Uh, I didn't look that up. Oh, okay, it's fine. Sorry. But yeah, he played, he was in The Wire, he played Q on Moesha, and he was actually discovered back in the 80s by Jam Master J. Nice. That was basically the start of his career. Very cool. I don't know why I always love to find these, like, threads to you, but he's married to a Croatian model. (laughs) They've been married since 2007 and have kids and all that. Very cool. Do you know her? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Croatian model. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I know that. <laughs> but uh, fun fact: Nas was actually offered the role of Malachi. Oh snap! I can see he that. He turned it down. Damn, he was in Belly right around this time. Belly? Yeah. What's Belly? It's like a gangster movie that had a bunch of rappers in it. Uh, Not only rappers, but it had Nas, DMX, some other people. Uh, it was like a Nas starring vehicle. Nice. I love Fedro star in this role. On in this movie and on Moesha, I remember him scaring the hell out of me. Uh-huh. Just like I, I don't know. He just does such a really good job of playing like, I don't know, mad gangster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, they show you pretty early on. He doesn't give a shit about slapping women. He slaps yeah. the shit out you if you owe money or whatever. Exactly. Did she owe money? What was it? Oh, she was smoking up the drugs and not paying up. Yeah, exactly. But in a weird way, throughout the film, his character sort of grounded this movie for me. Like, I just felt like his acting was so authentic for some reason that, um, you know, it just made everything more believable for me. One of his songs ended up being on this soundtrack, Shining Through. It was that song in the movie during, like, the whole emotional montage that uh, samples True Colors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was him. Oh, nice. So, yeah, uh, that's a little bit about Malachi's character. You know, you could see that him and Derek are pretty tight. Though you kind of wonder why, because they're a little different, and you you learn later kind of their whole backstory. Yeah, I like that he's just at a juvie. Because if this wasn't a this wasn't like a high school movie, he definitely he would have just been just at a jail. But they had to be like he's just at a juvie. Yeah, yeah. So just so we can you know start talking about the dancing, the phenomenal dancing in this movie. Yeah, I just want to sum up. Chanel and Sarah really hit it off. Chanel ends up inviting Sarah to the club called Steps. Yep. And that's sort of what really kicks off Sarah's introduction to hip hop and the culture. No, her introduction to hip hop is when they're walking through the school and the kids are dancing under the steps and she's looking at it like she's oh. seeing like, like a foreign language being spoken in front of her. And then she was like, Chanel goes, what? 
it's just hip hop. <laughs> I was just like, and I was like, has she never seen hip hop? Like, do they not have TVs and fucking? It's just a little hip hop. Yeah, you know, <laughs> was she not around when Biggie was dropping tracks five years before this? Like, uh, what's going no, on? Not at all. And also, they get into the club because their friend Snooky, yeah, is the DJ, and his nickname is Snooky the Coochie Crook. No, they call him Snook the Coochie Crook. Yo, yeah, and that sounded like a sex offender name to me. The, oh, the coochie crook. Yeah. Like, Damn, I never yeah. thought of it that way. That guy, you know, he, he he had a good time, and then he got older, and then it was the Me Too time, and then he was on Twitter <laughs> like, it's fucking bullshit. Why can't we just do with you? I was the coochie crook. That's funny. <laughs> you know Snooky from the Jersey Shore? Yeah. Her nickname, Snooky, is from this character. Is it Snook. Really? Yeah. She was the first in her girl group to get kissed uh-huh. and the f- person she kissed i guess was a dj uh-huh. so they her friends started calling her snook wow Snooky. <laughs> and that's how she got that nickname and look at her now yeah <laughs> top of the world well fun fact for you this was like a crazy adult club for high school it was like i know they had the fake id scene so it, it wasn't a high school club so yeah. it, it made sense that it was that adult but like I didn't have those kind of balls. I when we if we got IDs, like I never had the fake ID. I had friends did, but we usually used it just to buy the beer and then we would drink it somewhere else. Oh. We didn't really have the balls to like hang out at a bar because you you were like young looking and you you know like you just you just seemed like you were inviting getting in trouble. So for us, it was you use the fake ID, you get the alcohol, and then you bounce somewhere like a parking lot or a park or uh-huh. even someone's house or backyard, just anywhere you could be drinking the beer. I see. So dazed, dazed and confused style. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So yeah, we weren't cool like this. We weren't going to like cool ass clubs with fly clothes and fucking dancing. Did they have clubs like that Hell on Long no. Island? I mean, not, not where I was living. <laughs> and if it was, it wasn't like cool. There's like bars where you could dance, but it's still just a lot of people drinking. Uh, a lot of, yeah. A lot of, a lot of white, no, no rhythm. Just a lot of, a lot of standard <laughs> drinking. A lot of standard and drinking. That's kind uh, of our specialty. Maybe a little sway here and there. Yeah, not even. See, you get the beer pong, and then once people start getting a little tipsy, then you might get like a celebration dance. <laughs> but that's as far as you're getting. There's no dance. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many dance circles I've been in the middle of. For doing the most simplistic moves. Nice. In middle school and high school. <laughs> when I look back, I'm like, ooh. So kind of <laughs> like the movie. So let's talk about the club. Yeah, steps. Let's talk about steps. steps. Every movie you pick is from the same era, so we talk about this every <laughs> single time, but everyone's clothes, two sizes too big. Love it. Love mm-hmm. the fashion. Julia Styles makeover before they went in. Oh, yes. I guess it worked, but, you know, she was she was a couple braids away from Charlize Theron in uh, Fast 8. Oh. <laughs> I remember thinking that was, like, the craziest, amazing transformation ever. <laughs> Did you? But I also find that line in the car really funny. Like, what the hell is this? It's from The Gap. Yeah. <laughs> like, just... So from then on, Gap was, like, always the whitest store to me. It, yeah, that's know? funny. But it was, I don't know, it was kind of interesting, the dynamic of the character, because it was, she was kind of, you know, the classic idea of, like, a Midwestern white person, religious, this and that. But because of her new situation, she was basically on the same economic level as everyone else. Mm. And it wasn't the story of this upper class, kind of, like, rich kid, you know, around the poor minorities. It wasn't that story. Right. So she was super naive throughout the entire movie about pretty much everything yeah like her attitude going forward but the whole thing was just kind of like she never really like 
grass your surroundings <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah so it was uh it was kind of an interesting dynamic to just kind of see it on the same thing where she didn't see any difference because she's like well you know we all live in the same place now so we're all the same community right and then yeah the differences and then a lot of times in the movie it wasn't very subtle but <laughs> <laughs> no i, I, I like... don't know i'm just saying it was it was interesting yeah i like that you mentioned that too because I feel like this movie could have gotten really annoying if they made Sarah more of that, this is too gross for me. Or, you know, if she complained to her dad about their crappy apartment or like if she was just a very materialistic, yeah, you know, annoying white girl, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't have been interest, interest, interested in this movie. Or like in my school, we did it like this. Like, right. You know, like, where's your local this? And they'd be like, yeah, this is the black school now. We don't do that. Like, yeah, it wasn't. We kind of cut that down on that, which was. A breath of fresh air, I Absolutely. Thought. But yeah, I like what you said. They're on the same level, in quotes. <laughs> you know, I I just love how Chanel's character. I don't know what she sees in Sarah, but... I think her first act of kindness, the backpack thing, mm-hmm. I don't think she thought it out too thoroughly. I don't think she was like, I want to make a new best friend. I think she just, as someone who, you know, we learned that she is a single mom with a kid and the dad's kind of always running out and kind of an asshole and not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And so... Not saying that, like, she's, like, a victim, but she knows what it's like to kind of be standing on your own and mm. what it's like to have a little bit of support. She has her brother. She has her grandma. So she's not completely alone, but she doesn't have everyone in the world you know, helping her out. So totally. I think she kind of just recognizes the importance of just someone giving you a hand mm. when you have no one else. And she probably just saw this, like, confused-looking white girl in her <laughs> town. And she was like, I gotta, I can't, I just, I gotta help her. Right. I gotta give her one leg up. And then if she didn't approach her in the cafeteria later, they probably wouldn't have even became friends. I think it was just something she did. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I saw it. Oh, that's true. I like that. I like what you said. We get introduced to one new person in the club, and that is Nikki. Yeah. Who we learn from Chanel's confrontation with her, which I thought was the most badass convert, like clapback. <laughs> You know, back and forth yeah. of all time. I remember being like, oh, snap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, we learned that, you know, Nikki and Derek. Sometimes you hate confrontation and sometimes you like thrive off it <laughs> in movies. Like sometimes you want to run away. I sometimes mean, you're like, yeah. There are no, no stakes here. Come on. <laughs> but we learned that, you know, Nikki used to date Derek, but she dropped him probably for somebody else. Yep. Um, so no, definitely for someone else. They yeah. say that. Oh, true. So. Chanel is pretty salty towards her, but uh, this is where I pause to let you go and see if you recognize her. Oh, not at all. Who oh my god! Who is it? I didn't recognize this person at all. One, two, three! I'm the Vampire Slayer. Oh snap! That was Kendra the Vampire yeah. Slayer. Damn. <laughs> see, I didn't hear what her natural accent. Oh. See, she was so her her plain american accent wasn't wasn't i wasn't buying it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's crazy i'm joking um that's fucking crazy i didn't know that was her yeah i was so wow. excited for you to see her i don't know why because wow. i know you have face blindness oh yeah big time damn 2001 so that was even post buffy yeah or post when she was on buffy yeah 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 Damn, I feel like you probably said that when when we were watching Buffy because I remember when when they revealed her, you were like, oh, "Yeah, damn, that was her." That's Bianca Lawson. I'm Kendra, the Vampire Slayer. You can't stop me, even if you kill me. Another slayer will be sent to take me place. Could you stop with the slayer thing? I'm the damn slayer. Nonsense. 
There is but one, and I am she. I didn't know this, but <laughs> she, Beyonce and Solange are freaking uh, stepsisters. Oh, really? Yeah, her dad is with Beyonce's mom. Bianca's dad? Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah. And once Sarah is sort of left at the bar alone, Derek approaches her and is like, hey, you said you were going to dance circles around me. Let's hit the dance floor. Oh, God. And so begins the beginning of all the dancing that happens in this movie. This dancing was rough. Well, it was the. this is her first interaction. I know it was like supposed to be, but it was just, even when like she started halfway through, she starts like feeling it. <laughs> and supposedly gaining a little bit of rhythm. Yeah. But even those moments, I guess just because I'm a white dude who grew up loving hip hop and I would go to a lot of hip hop shows and I've been this guy, so I'm not like trying to make fun of people, but you know, there'd always be, you know, there'd be a handful of us corny white dudes who enjoyed <laughs> the hip hop in the, in the, in the stands. <laughs> and you know, we'd start getting excited. You get, you get into it and then you start, you know, you, I'm not speaking for everyone. Some people got rhythm. Okay. You know, I I didn't really, so I would just kind of like you know only be bobbing my head at first because I would have I'd be all self conscious, and then you'd start getting into it, and then before you know it, you're bobbing up and down just like everyone else and having a good time, but you look corny as hell <laughs> if you're me. Yeah, I think that's why this was so hard for me to watch because I was projecting all that and that because she looked awful. Like I was just like anything that you try to tell me later is about society not wanting you two to be together interracially. I think it all stems from this. <laughs> And I think it has less to do with race and more just to do like guy. Like, what are you doing? With... She's got no rhythm. And he's like 48 and she's like 16. So oh. that doesn't help either. Yeah, I'm speaking for me when I say all those things about not having the rhythm and, you know, it's also, being at the shows. It's also funny that you said like he looks mad cool because Sean, when they casted him for this role, he almost didn't get the part because he wasn't a strong dancer. Oh, man. They loved his acting. His acting was great, but they really... It kind of reminded me of Terrence Howard in Hustle and Flow, how yeah. he had to learn how to rap. They, like, brought him around the clubs, and, like, he had That's to go through hysterical. some training as well to make sure he had enough swag because yeah. he's the one, you know, teaching Sarah about hip-hop. Yeah, you have to buy that he's the one... Yeah. From that point on, for some reason, he's like, let's continue this lesson. That's what, yeah, that's <laughs> basically what I want to talk about. So it's like, they decide, this is before we learn of any of the Juilliard stuff, yeah. that he's going to give her dance lessons. For no, I can't really figure out why. And also, why is dancing so, it seems like dancing is so important to him, but it's like not. <laughs> Like, it's not his, like, ambitions. It's not his aspirations. It's not his hobbies. Nope. I'm like, between all the criminal shit you were doing, between study, because he's a good student, too. Right. But I also like that they don't make him, like, the greatest student. Like, getting into college was a big deal for him. Yeah. And I feel like with these characters, they always write him as, like, the 4.0 smartest kid in the school, like, destined to be great. Right. And I like that it was more... I know this is a tangent from we were just... That's uh, fine. It's it's about Sean. Yeah. Or but his I, yeah, character. I did appreciate in the writing that... It was more his determination and like willing to willingness to work hard. Yeah. That was kind of his like quote unquote ticket out. And it wasn't that he was some kind of prodigy child who was a genius mm. forever and always got four You know what I mean? Because yeah. even the fact that he was like, if I get into college, I'm gonna try to be a doctor. It wasn't like every college wants me and but I gotta stay in my neighborhood. Yeah. I think that's a more realistic take at things because, you know, it's impo- it's it's totally more feasible to be like I can have determination like this guy than being like, 
if you're a young kid watching it, like, well, I wasn't born a genius, so I'm not going to do it. So I like that. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. But I just didn't understand where dancing came in. It didn't seem like his friends were into dancing. It didn't seem like they spent their free time at the club dancing. Uh, so I don't know. It just, to me, the whole, like, everyone goes to steps and everyone does steps things was just kind of the buy where it was like, the town loves dancing. <laughs> or like, the community loves dancing. Yeah. The school, everyone dances. It's just like one of those movies where... If you're black, you dance. Yeah, it's one of those movies where dancing takes on a little bit more importance than it probably does in real life. That's a valid criticism. I really can't argue against <laughs> it because I wrote that down in my notes yeah. as well because I'd never questioned it before. I'm yeah. like, wait, why is he teach? Why do we need to learn this? The only thing I could think of is maybe they're going to go to steps again. So maybe he's helping her. So yeah. that way she's better. I mean, the real the answer is probably just like they're both into each other and it's an excuse to hang out yeah. without being like, I want to date you, you know, because right. it's the, if we're doing this activity every day together. Yeah. That's what it really is. But yeah, it's just a funny, I thought there'd be more conversation in the movie if he's just like, let's pick this up tomorrow or whatever the line was. It was so throwaway yeah. and it wasn't like, hey, you know, I think you're going to dance and maybe we could keep trying this right, out. Right, so, right, uh, So. I love the That's sequence. That's how I know I can't write dialogue because every time I try to replace what it should be like, it's always, hey, let's all go do this. <laughs> That's all my, if I ever wrote a script, that's all my characters. What if I thought Vader was like, hey, man, I'm like, get that. <laughs> but I love their rehearsal, which apparently a lot was improvised, actually, that made it in the film, you know, them practicing. Uh, wait, what are you t- wait, wait, what are we talking about, rehearsal? You know, Sarah and Derek practicing, like him teaching her. In the, the cafeteria? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All, like, a lot of that stuff was improvised. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shocked. This, this, yeah. is, this is the most, some of the most egregious shit I thought <laughs> in the movie, like, in terms of the silly dancing. I just love, my favorite part was the countdown, five, six, seven, eight, and he literally steps from side to side. <laughs> I'm like you got to count down to stuff. Well, it was so. like, like this, the, like he taught her how to sit cool in the chair, and like how to walk cool, and the, it was it was three quarters of the way through that scene where I was like, why, why, like what, like what are we doing? And also, I know that it was supposed to be after school, that's why they had the privacy of the cafeteria. But I was thinking of my school, you could do that. Yeah. But I remember. It was oh, because I would make do like the video classes, and sometimes we'd have to finish our videos after school. We'd film in the cafeteria and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. People would always still be walking through. <laughs> it wasn't, especially a school that big. It wasn't like that. So I was just thinking, like, if anybody walked in on this, this is the corniest <laughs> looking. Like, it's just like this, like corny white girl, Sean Patrick Thomas, like bobbing. Like, yeah. Oh, don't forget the nose touch. Oh, the nose touch. It's like every move you saw in a, a hip hop music video in that era. Yep. Yeah, that whole scene, I was just like, where? Like, you're trying to be a doctor, bro. Like, I, see, I didn't get it. Good for him. Root for him. He yeah. came <laughs> the back of his dance teacher. Yeah. So let's hope for the I best. I guess. It just made me laugh so hard. It seemed like I was like, shouldn't there be a setup of we're doing this because blank? And eventually right. it does do that. Yeah. But they do a lot of training. Yeah. You know, Miyagi doesn't train Daniel's son until there's a tournament. Right. There's no, he doesn't. I love seeing <laughs> the aftermath because they go to steps again. Yeah. And they've been rehearsing this chore. Uh, First of all, I know <laughs> people are rehearsing for what they're going to be doing at the club. Yeah. So right off the bat, that is pretty hilarious the, to yeah, me. Yeah, that is hilarious. And I also always found it, even as a kid, corny that, you know, it's a rep. 
repeated moves because they do like this one sequence twice in the club. Uh-huh. So I always found that corny. And I also they worked found hard it, practicing it. They got to show it off twice. Yeah. I mean, I still love it. I'm not going to lie. I am just like love hating on this. Uh-huh. But I also love that everyone at Steph's knew Sarah's name. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they're like, go, Sarah. <laughs> best part. Best part. When everyone's going, go, Sarah. Go, Sarah. I wrote down, does this movie end with her waking up from a dream? <laughs> I was just like, like, I was like, these moves aren't that good. Because that's the thing. Like, when they're, when they're bad, they're bad. But then when they're like great, they're not that they're fine. Like I don't know. And again, I don't like want to. I don't like to sit here and criticize dancing too they're much. Fine. Because I don't really understand the nuances of dance. So I don't want to sit here and just be a dick who criticizes it. Yeah. But I just wasn't as like just a regular old viewer watching this movie. Right. I, I was just like, okay. <laughs> like it, it took work to learn that. Totally. But I'm not blown out of my mind here. Yeah. I just really love the the fact that even though this is technically a dance movie, dance isn't really the center of the story. Yeah. So I think that that's what helps this mo- movie. The <laughs> like, thank God it's not the center of this movie because then you'd be putting a lot more pressure on the dancing. It does, uh, yeah. But it also sometimes just makes me feel like we got other other things to cover here, guys. Let's, I know. Let's get out, let's get off the dance. Floor. So. Julia Stiles actually has some dancing background. I think she did some ballet and tap or something or hip hop and tap. I bought her ballets, her ballet scenes. Yeah. She actually fought to not have a double, uh, a double for the hip hop or anything like that. So <laughs> the only time there is a double is for like the point, the ballet point stuff. Yeah. She really enjoyed it and she worked really hard. Like she trained for months and uh-huh. even during and before, but. Where uh, where's she at these days? I feel like I haven't seen Julia Stiles. She was in Hustle and Flow. That was the last uh, Hustle and no, Flow. No, she wasn't. Jesus Christ. Hustlers. <laughs> oh, snap. I didn't see that. Yeah, she was in Hustlers. Cool. Uh, that was the last thing I saw her in. And when I called her Julia Childs. Yeah. Oh, my God. You were like, Julia Childs is in the club. <laughs> like, and uh, I gotta say, too, for a PG-13 movie, the cursing was a lot. Yeah. They said shit. Like a lot, mm. like it's like to the point where I noticed it now because I was trying to figure out. I didn't know the rating when we were watching it. Yeah, and I was like, it would be really weird for this to be R rated. I feel like this is a movie you'd want to market towards teenagers. So why would you alienate them? Absolutely. And then there was that scene early, the first time they're in the club, the the clapback scene with uh, Nikki and Chanel and all that. Yeah. To me, it almost seemed like the original script probably had the n-word in there Mm -hmm. and then it got changed to negro to make it like a pg-13 movie um because i don't know just the context of the scene and the sentences it just seemed like it would have been more impactful if it was like the actual n-word right but then later in the movie a they there's n-words in songs and i'm pretty sure malachi says it Mm -hmm. so then i was just like i saw basically (laughs) i just couldn't tell but sometimes i was like i think this might be r-rated they're cursing a lot and then other things happen i was like oh that seems a little bit toned down right to keep it pg-13 yeah, I don't know. I, I just but feel like early shit. 2000s like, were very shit? flexible because that's it's, also around yeah. bring it on time. And I feel like that was really toeing the line, too. I don't know. Towards the end where Malachi, like, they were saying shit like eight, mm. nine times. And I was like, that seems like a lot for a PG-13 movie. Yeah. I thought you'd get like three. I guess so. I think that this movie touches on a lot of tough topics. You know, Chanel being a single mom and mm-hmm. her storyline. 
the whole Derek and Malachi storyline of their tough friendship. They introduced this idea of how hard it is to be an interracial couple um, once Derek and Sarah really start to be public with their relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And that kind of brings me to the train scene when they're dating... He gets into Georgetown and in a, in an effort to celebrate, he actually decides to celebrate with Sarah by taking her to a ballet. Yeah. But on the way there, they're in the train and there's this white woman Yeah. who can't stop staring at them um, and is disgusted by seeing them together. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah, the scene was a little over the, over the top for me. Yeah? I thought there could have been a more subtle way to do this i thought it was so iconic back in the day <laughs> i was like oh my god they're actually like i just remember being scared for them <laughs> and be like oh yes you go guys <laughs> <laughs> <To> just... <laughs> if you didn't know before you know i'm corny yeah. like and these are the reasons why i was watching all these cornball movies yeah i, I don't know that. i just from my experience like those kind of people who would have a problem with that you get the side glances you don't get the full on glare. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might. It does say in these like over the like people won't get in your face. Right. But I feel like it's a lot more times it's the under the breath comment as you walk by, mm. the side glare, like kind of just like the look away, or the eye roll. But like the way that she would just kind of like glare at them for like two, three seconds, look away, look back. Right. And then also the fact that they weren't like dating yet, they went way over the they went way well, they were, into the pretend, they did like, but i think it was again an opportunity for them to get close like to have an excuse yeah, you know yeah, yeah i yeah. feel like in in high school a lot you always look for that excuse that to do the sense, thing yeah. that you wanted to do for real yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good point but yeah I, I didn't hate the scene that it was just it was so like this and the many scenes that follow talk and address the issue about interracial relationships but more so the fact or this idea that you know, when a black man dates a white woman, that white women are stealing black, good black men from black women. Yeah, that gets brought up because Nikki and Sarah get into that fight in gym class. Right. Because she's the most naive character of all time. Sarah, <laughs> the whole movie, she's just like, what's everyone's problem? Like, I, that's one thing also, I was surprised how willing she was to, like, fight back and talk shit. Mm. Like, she didn't really take shit from anyone at any point in the movie. And it always caught me off guard because she seemed like a very like quiet, timid girl. But anyone, anytime anyone like stepped to her in school, she was right. always ready to go tell them to go fuck themselves. Like whether it was like Malachi or this and that. So the whole movie, she's always kind of been on the defensive and being like, what's everyone else's problem with me? And then this is the first time where Chanel kind of gets real with her mm-hmm. and starts telling her the root of Angelica's problem. Because the whole time she's just like, why is Angelica such a bitch? Like ever since I got here, she's like, I hate you. <laughs> Angelica. <laughs> what character am I thinking of? <laughs> so Sarah always kind of sees it as everyone has a problem with her and she doesn't really understand why. And then after her fight with Nikki is the first time Chanel kind of gets real with her mm-hmm. and tells her like what Nikki's problem is because the whole movie you just kind of see like oh Nikki seems like a bitch she doesn't like me I'm new in town right and that's when she brings up what you just said earlier about the idea that she resents you as a white woman for coming in you know basically taking Derek yeah because in their eyes Derek is someone who actually has ambition and potential you know like prospects and someone who's a good man who's gonna stick by his family and I was actually curious your thoughts on all of this and this whole kind of angle Mm -hmm. because I I actually don't, I don't really even know what my opinion is on it fully because I totally understand that 
point of view and that perspective. Mm-hmm. And I was actually curious if the writer was white or black, like before we started this, because I was just like, the reason I say I don't know how I feel about it, because it's the sentiment fully makes sense to me. But the way it's presented almost seems a tiny bit disparaging of being like, most black men aren't shit. So don't take one of the few good ones. Yeah. So that's how I say I don't know how I feel about it because that seems like the the thought behind that seems a little fucked up. Yeah. But I don't really know where I stand on it. So I'm curious to w- how you feel about it. I as, feel about the issue or how it was presented in the movie. I get the whole thing, like the whole mm-hmm. the whole plot line in the movie, the fact that the characters bring it up, and like your kind of opinions on if you think any of them are right or wrong, or if everyone's a little bit of each. Yeah, I agree with you in that I can see both sides. I never really looked at it as white women like the idea of a white woman stealing the good black men yeah i don't think that is a hundred percent fair because it takes two to tango right yeah in my opinion i just think that it's not the problem isn't white white women stealing black the good black men Uh it's you know maybe the problem is and for some black men it really is black men just not valuing or wanting to be with the black woman Mm -hmm. and just seeing white women as the better option yeah so i don't think that it was fair in this concept or in this scenario to put all the blame on sarah that's sort of my stance there but in general i think that i see the point of view um but my my take on it is you can't really just blame one side yeah i i'm with that yeah and also, if we're going to boil it down to this specific example with these characters in this story, I don't really buy it because Derek clearly... It's not like he was only dating white women. Right. He dated black women. He dated Nikki. Right. He probably thought he loved Nikki, and then she was she the one dropped who him. dropped him for someone who she thought was better. Yeah. So now, once she's trying to cry this story, it's hard to buy. But yeah, in the general sense, if we're not talking about these characters, yes. I can understand that perspective. But also, yeah, it definitely hit me where I was just like, oh, I didn't really think to, I didn't know I was going to be ruminating on something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a more complicated issue. It's not just surface level, there's a right answer, there's a wrong answer. I feel like there's a lot that goes into why someone chooses to love some, like, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it can be generalized. And I think when it comes to dating outside of your race... Even for me, looking outside my race to date, I think each person, each individual has their own reasons to doing so. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just not attracted to someone in your race. But like then there's like the second question of why is that? Like yeah. what is the reasoning? Like every each individual has a reasoning and like story of like why it is the way it is. And I think that's very interesting when you go from person to person and figure out and some of them there are com- commonalities maybe it's the media that you watched maybe it's the environment you're brought in to so i i just don't i don't think that it there can be an overarching like right or wrong answer yeah if <laughs> it's, it's like a the like biggest non-answer <laughs> yeah yeah i mean my whole thing was not answer so yeah. i was like i don't really know <laughs> so like i didn't really think like like when i was looking for like a guy to date on you know when before we met i wasn't yeah. like white men only like, oh yeah no, <laughs> just, you know, exactly like... <laughs> yeah that's why yeah like it was interesting you were saying how like everyone has a reason of why and this and mm-hmm. that and i was like mine is literally as stupid and like sing- single-minded as i kept because you know we 
said it before we met on a dating app like right. whenever i did my searches i kept the ethnicity and race part as all right. only because I, I couldn't think of a single race in the world where i have never seen a gorgeous woman from mm-hmm. and so for me as someone looking for attractive women i was like <laughs> why would i not you know it's not like you know some people are like oh i don't date you know asian i don't like how asian girls look or right. and vice versa you know some guy, girls are like i don't date black i don't need indian guys yeah but like i was just like i've never i can't think of a single race in the world where there hasn't been somebody i've seen where i was like damn she's good looking so i was like why would i whittle it down <laughs> like you know what am i who am i you know so i'm like so i'm, not, I'm so glad i found you <laughs> <I'm not fancy. laughs> but i do think that there is a double standard to this conversation or to this argument from what I've witnessed, yeah. when there's a black man dating a white woman, it's you're stealing our men. But when it's a black woman dating a white man, rather than like you white men are stealing our women, yeah. it's why are you de- betraying the black men? Yeah. And you know? we see that in a lot of, especially a lot of the black sitcoms in the 90s. Because, you know, right. right now you're watching Girlfriends on, oh on Netflix. I'm watching Fresh Prince on HBO Max. <laughs> And all those shows and everybody have the storyline where someone in the family marries a white guy. And then right. it's just like a it's just a joke for the rest of the series. You know, like what the what are they what are you what are you stupid? You know, like, <laughs> that's it. So yeah, that's I, I thought that they did a good job though in this movie of like presenting the argument. Yeah, I didn't that's why when before they brought that up, I didn't even think it was I didn't even know if they were gonna go there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I also thought they did a good job with it because you could tell that when Chanel brought it up, yeah, she brought up a valid point or like a valid point of view, but really it was just the pressure of her having frustrations with her own situation yeah. with her baby daddy that like kind of sparked this yeah. and uh, sort of. Yeah, because she's like, oh, like yeah. you know, every time there's someone like Derek, mm-hmm. a white person takes it and then I'm sticking here with this fucking guy who can't come home on top, you know. Right, exactly. But yeah, but. When she cools down and comes to her senses, she yeah. kind of... And the director, even in the one interview I saw, he was like, it's a valid argument, so I wanted to put it in the movie. Yeah. So I don't think that he... First of all, I don't even think that this was in the original script because the screenwriter is a white guy. And the fact that you know the director yeah. worked on rewriting the script, I think that that was something that he put <laughs> yeah. in as a black man. I think I know <laughs> what it wasn't great means now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he meant the story, the structure. I think he meant the... the right. The, <laughs> how things were expressed. So I, you know, I'd, I'd love, I'd love like a kind of narrow down of what was in and what was not. But yeah, I... Just picture the white guy's version of the dialogue. Oh boy. <laughs> I love your white butt. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, um, yeah, let's just get into the spoiler section. Let's do it. We definitely kind of skipped over it earlier. Just, I mean, we, we just didn't mention it, but the movie eventually does get to be about dancing in the sense where she decides to go back to Juilliard because Sean Patrick Thomas kind of gets her to talk about her past and her mom. And I did kind of, you know, like the morbid part of me that when something was kind of dark, darker in a movie than I expected, where I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. was the her talking about her mom's death and how she blamed you know goes back to your mom using it as guilt on you where she mm-hmm. blamed herself for her mom dying because she wanted her mom to come to the thing right but so that that was like you know that, yeah. that was part of it but then the part that was kind of the extra little nuance that that got me that i was like oh that's kind of fucked up was how she's like when my mom didn't show up to my dance recital i danced the whole time hating her yeah and in my head i was talking shit to her oh, yeah 
She right. said it more elegantly than that. But she's like, <laughs> I was, you know, I fucking hated my mom in that moment. I was so mad at her. And, and like, then to then find out that while she was having those thoughts, her mom was like yeah. bleeding out on the road somewhere helpless, you know? Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's, that was actually like a good way to paint that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just bought all the tears, like all the emotions in that scene. You really buy it from yeah. her explanation in that moment. And then so that that brings us to where we are, where she's now actually back to ballet. Because that was so traumatic for her. She was like, fuck ballet. Yeah. Anything ballet reminds me of my dead mom. Yep. Through the hip hop love. She, <laughs> she, she then realized her love of ballet and now she's trying out for Juilliard again. Yeah. What I loved about this, though, and that scene in particular, you don't really get that in a lot of teen movies, that sort of emotional connection that's not just surface level, I like the way she looks, or like, she, you know, is a cheerleader, and I like that. Like, you know, it was just like a very deep emotional connection of bonding over something real. Mm -hmm. She went through something really hard, and he's just like, yeah, I'll help you get through this, and this is something you love, so like, let's just focus on that, because your mom would want you to dance. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was very genuine and just not surface level. Mm. So I appreciated that. I appreciate that that in a lot of these movies of this time. Like, I hate to say it, but a lot of, you know, dance movies that or movies in general, like we talked about recently, the trailer of The Craft. It just looks so, like, glossy mm-hmm. and unreal. And I just feel like movies like Save the Last Dance, Center Stage, like, it's just, like, grittier and just more authentic in terms of like the lifestyle and like these characters being real but for like a teenage audience yeah i just i hate when just because it's made for a teenage audience it has to be like glossy stuff mm-hmm. it can be gritty we love that freaking stuff or yeah. we loved i loved that freaking yeah, stuff exactly so. it makes I, you feel more adult especially when you're younger yeah yeah you're, you're watching something dangerous you know yeah And speaking of guilt, you know, Sarah has this guilt about feeling that way against her mom. But at the same time, I think Derek can relate to that level of guilt because he has that towards his best friend Malachi. Yeah. Right. It's revealed in the movie that back in the day when he was doing, you know, this juvenile crime stuff with Malachi, one time it went wrong and the cops were chasing after them and Malachi kind of the the cops were on uh, Derek's tail and Malachi kind of distracted them and got arrested in Derek's place. And that was sort of the turning point for Derek to turn his life around. Yep. Malachi obviously never got that opportunity. He just got out of juvie. So Derek is sort of carrying around this guilt of Malachi sort of taking taking the shot for him and sort of feeling like he owes Malachi something. Yeah. And that's why he keeps sort of participating in this stuff even mm-hmm. though he has a bright future out of him yeah yeah what do you think about that I, I just felt like that was like a dynamic that you would appreciate yeah it was uh it was interesting i definitely think you know this came at the tail end of we were getting a lot of you know they, they would have called hood movies but you know like inner city mm-hmm. kind of crime movies a lot of this i felt like this subplot owed to some kind of a little bit of boys in the hood a little bit of menace to society mm-hmm. but Derek definitely reminded me of like the Cuba Gooding Jr. type like the one who's mm-hmm. who's got the bright future and then yeah you got you got the you got the friend holding you down <laughs> Malachi makes fun of Derek for being you know having a 10.0 GPA yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and, but like at the same time I I think I love this storyline because I've dealt with my family pushing me to do well in school and like have a good education, get a good job. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes when I'm doing those things and I am in those environments, 
I come back home and it's like, oh, you're too classy for me. Yeah. You're too bougie for me, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So it's like, what do you want? Yeah. You know, like I just feel like Derek is stuck between these two worlds, not really knowing where he belongs or where he wants to be mm-hmm. and then feeling guilt for wanting something, but like not being able to share it with the people he loves most. Yeah. So I think that's what really touched cool. me for I that. I like that. So the reason why we're in the spoiler section is because at the same time Sarah is having her second go at the Juilliard audition, Derek is deciding whether he'll be there for Sarah or if he's going to join Malachi in this drive-by, this clearly, like, (laughs) bad idea drive-by. Yeah. It's not a funny moment, but I always found it hilarious that there are three other passengers in the car. Where mm. were, where was Derek going to sit? Yeah. <laughs> like, that always bothered me for some reason. Well, maybe he filled it up with, with with one of the idiots. They Yes, they do the drive-by, but those guys shoot at him back and everyone ends up getting injured and arrested. But Derek does make it to Sarah's audition, which starts out pretty bad. She's not really all there, 100%. Yeah, she messes up her, her tiptoe move. Yeah. But, you know, he somehow gets into that auditorium and gives her that <laughs> motivational speech that she needed yeah, so he, she can continue. Uh, I get it for a movie's sake, but something tells me that would have been the end of the whole audition. <laughs> if you just have your friend burst in, run in and just like talking. And like they were mad rude to the judges. They were like, give her a second. You know, yeah. and I was just like, yo, like. Pretty sure Juilliard has some pretty high standards. Um, like, yeah, we have like fucking fifty other people to look at. Like, <laughs> I was, I kept. Maybe I didn't search hard enough, but I really want a spokesperson from Juilliard to give commentary on what they think about this audition. <laughs> I feel like it's a, <laughs> this is a fake ass Juilliard audition. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Again, don't know about that, but Juilliard to me seems like the top, right? Yeah. Like, it's like the, it just seems like it'd be super stuffy. And it'd be one thing because he, he bursts in at first and he's like, give her a second chance. But then he like storms the stage. And I just feel like they would be like, we have no time for this. You right. are out of here. Don't even come back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but instead we get the movies like inspirational. Like, I don't even remember what they say. Be yourself. Something. I don't know. Wow. You don't <laughs> know what they say either. And then if that would, wouldn't have failed her on the audition, the second half of a routine. <laughs> What a got her fucking banned for life. <laughs> so then, I knew this was gonna be hard to watch. Oh, the funky beat starts. So yeah, first half traditional ballet, Swan Lake shit. I don't that's know. not Swan Lake. I don't know ballet. <laughs> Carmen, that's opera. <laughs> <laughs> that's Black Swan. It's total Black Swan. Oh man, beautiful tiptoeing, getting real high, putting your leg over your head. All the classics, all the hits. Oh my god. Then it just drops the funky drum beat i don't even was it like a remix like what was it yeah i guess so they like remixed the classic ballet yeah. joint again I, when who produced that was that snooky i i want i wanted i'd like to think that it was snook snook to the crook did yeah and she just starts doing all this funky shit the fingers the pointing she points everywhere <laughs> i wish i know this is just audio i can't i can play clips but it's not gonna do anything good for yeah. anybody if i could give any piece of advice i think just look up all the dance scenes in this movie and look at the youtube comments because you, <sighs> the internet does such a great job <laughs> and like again these aren't they're not awful dance moves but i'm just like i don't think that's what you're supposed to be doing here so yeah no um <laughs> I, don't I, think, would... I don't think that's what they're looking for one, I want to know why everyone who watched this back then, including myself, thought this was like 
the craziest dance audition scene of all time. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Two. Like you show me, like when you show me Dirty Dancing, still haven't seen the movie. I yeah. understand the end oh, yeah. dance scene. I get why it, why people like it. Yeah, like, I guess yeah, yeah. it's dope. And two, I kind of want like Fatima to revisit this. Do like a Star Wars like re like yeah. special edition. Let's with... let's talk about this. I need I some commentary. But I do have one fun fact about this dance. Well, a couple things. Uh, it took three days to film this scene. Uh-huh. They wanted to, you know, make it to perfection. A lot of retakes. <laughs> but one fun thing I found was um, some of the moves, or I guess the chair moves specifically when she uses a chair as a prop. Uh-huh. Fatima used that same choreography in the Backstreet Boys music video, As Long As You Love Me. Okay. So she she essentially pulled a Sparky Palastri. Oh, wow. <laughs> From Bring was, It On. I was like, who? <laughs> no, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like she... She but, took some shit off an MTV music video and did it in her Juilliard. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm saying like that's kind of weird though, right? Like I don't know what came first, the music video or this movie. Oh. But like the fact that it's the same chair choreography kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Like the you were slacking scene. for one or the other. The whole scene, I just didn't understand. I just like, what? What's the What's the rules? <laughs> you can't you can't come in with the best square dance in town to the salsa competition and think they're gonna be impressed. They're gonna tell you to go uh, home. We're yeah. salsa in here. Like this is this is Juilliard ballad. All I came away from in this film is the heel toe can get you into Juilliard. Yeah, and that's what else I understand. Like at all, like once they decided we're gonna train you for your Juilliard instead of we're gonna train for no reason, I still didn't understand. I'm like, how is this really helping? I get. It's helping a little bit. Any kind of it's, dance is going to... It's giving gonna, her range. Yeah, it's going to give her range. It's going to give her confidence. I understand all that. But like, yeah. if, you, if, if you only got a, a week or two or whatever it was, Whew. I just didn't get the hip-hop. <laughs> like, it almost seemed like it was hip-hop because most of the characters were black and not because it was a hip-hop movie. Right. Because none of the characters were dancers. I mean, Snooks of the Crook was a DJ, but... Yeah. I really don't have an answer for you. Okay. <laughs> Maybe the judges from Juilliard had never seen hip-hop before, and they were like, what's that? But even, the, even then, <laughs> it's not what they're looking for. <laughs> if, I, I, if I'm auditioning actors and a guy comes in and says, I'm the best janitor in the world, I'm like, it's awesome, but got nothing for you. <laughs> All right, we can go on and on about this dance scene, which I am pretty sure we will after we wrap up this podcast. Yeah. But why don't we go ahead and move on to best worst? Best worst dancing exercise, like in a montage to make you a better dancer. Oh, interesting. Like during the, the those scenes, the teaching dance scenes. All right, best because I wasn't that overall impressed. This was actually a little bit hard. Uh huh. But when I really boil it down to it, it's a boring answer, but. Just those scenes of like good old fashioned footwork. I feel like it was the fundamentals. Like the ballet footwork or the hip hop footwork? Like the hip hop footwork. Who was doing the footwork? There was, when they were in the cafeteria, there were scenes where it would cut into their feet and he would be like, he would show her how to do like a three step and oh, then she would I do see, a three I see, step. I see, and I was like, okay, all right, okay. at least that's like something. Gotcha. A little rhythm, this and that. So that was, that was the best dancing exercise. Good okay. old fashioned footwork. Nice. Yeah. I think rhythm is essential, so I did like the sit- sitting in the chair head bobs. <laughs> <I'm> a- 
rhythm is essential. My worst was sitting cool in the chair. Oh, <laughs> That's I why I made that laugh. Oh, I see. Because it wasn't even the head bob. It was just like, it was just had to be like the class slacker. Like he just, she sits in the chair all proper and then he sits in it. Yeah. And his fucking arms are all up and he's like asses off the thing and his legs out. Yeah. And then he's like, That's how you sit cool. And I was just like, What are we learning? Here? But I'm also like, She's a woman, like she's a girl. Yeah. She's in hip hop. Girls don't have to sit like that. It's, don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just goes all back to that Bill Burr bit. It's like that never happens, you know. Anytime I've ever hung out with a black dude, at no point during the evening is he like try to like teach me how to dance, you know. You know that interracial footloose moment they always have to have in those movies. And I never go to his neighborhood and like try to like save a school, you know. I mean, hip hop. If you've watched all the the intro movies about what hip hop is, it's all about attitude. That's hip hop. I would say my worst is got to be the fingers. Who taught her the fingers? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't even see the fingers. <laughs> they came out of nowhere. All right, what's your next best worst? Um, best worst clapback. Oh. That I know you might need some more time. For oh, that. I already got my worst. Oh, okay. Let's start with the worst uh, then. I'm going to dance circles around you. That was my worst, too. Uh, that was awful. The direct quote is, yeah, I'll dance in circles, probably around you. Oh, that was bad. Because that <laughs> one came right after her. She had a good one right before that. Yeah. When she, she dissed Snook. Yeah. She was like, you talk a lot of shit for someone not saying anything or whatever. Yeah. That actually taught my favorite. Oh, snap. Maybe. I don't know. I got to hear what your favorite is because I can't think of other ones. What's All right. Your you're not going to think about my favorite. What's your favorite? So I freaking love in the club when Chanel, Carrie Washington is walking in the club and this guy pinches her butt uh-huh. and then she grabs his junk with all this confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. I mean, it's not like a like a traditional clapback, yeah, but yeah. like just standing up for yourself. and the, Like we all have, we all Women have been catcalled, you know, everyone, yep. woman knows what that feels like. So that was just so gratifying for her to just nice. stand up for herself <laughs> in that moment. So that's my best. Nice. Do you have any more? Best worst friend. Mm. I, went, I went with Chanel for the best. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because even when she even when she tries to break that tries to break him up, but like says some shit to disrupt the thing. She upon her own review, like. Right. realizes she did something wrong and tries to fix it. Yeah, it's nice to see characters who have self-reflection. Oh, and fun fact I forgot to mention before, that was Carrie and Sean's first day on set, that scene. Oh, really? Yeah, which is crazy to me. I'm so blown away, like, whenever you remember that movies aren't shot chronologically, yeah, yeah. but they're able to have those emotions and just have it be seamless throughout. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that that's the first scene. I feel like good. I remember I learned that when Lord of the Rings came out and there was all those making ofs on TV and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ian McKellen was talking about how they filmed like the goodbyes of Return of the King first because all three of those movies were filmed at the same time. Yeah. So the very first thing they filmed was all them like saying goodbye at the end of their adventure. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man. And like, yeah, I was 11 at the time. So I was just like, holy crap. Like, that's, yeah. Like, how do you get into the mindset? Right. Theater, like, you go through the motions. Yeah, exactly. You start one place and then yeah, you end somewhere so else. I'm always so blown away by that. But yeah, I agree yeah. with you for best and for worst. So my real, I mean, Malachi is probably the real answer, but I think I had to go with the fucking Catholic white friend. Oh. <laughs> she sucked. She's mad racist. She's like, don't get jumped through whatever the fuck she says. <laughs> my favorite was when she was like, they got white guys at your school? Yeah. 
don't become a home girl. I don't even remember the British dialogue was, but it was that corny. Like she didn't say that, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's like my funny answer, but in reality, probably Malachi because he's willing to get you killed for his own. That's mm. that makes you a worse friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have a racist friend than a friend who's gonna get me shot. I completely <laughs> forgot about her. I'm glad you brought her up. <laughs> That's the whole reason I wrote best worst friend was just to bring her up. Because I was like, Chanel's easily the best. Like, what's the other answer besides Chanel for best friend? Snook, Snook maybe. Yeah. He's looking out for everybody. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's giving num- everyone the hookup he's to He's number steps. two. You got any other best worst? No, mine was pretty similar to yours. So cool. I'm going to go Malachi for my worst. All right. But I'm down to move on. Yeah, beyond. The way it ends, I think. Sarah and Derek both end up in a good place and I think like in their future they might not necessarily stay together forever because they are just like a high school relationship you know that I could easily see that as especially going to two different schools no that, faith that was the one thing I didn't bring up at all like I never once thought the fact that like we're not going to be together in like two months mm-hmm. like, like physically together yeah but yeah I don't know I mean it's high school how many people really stay together with their high school you know sweetheart <laughs> but I both I think they're both just going to be in a good place like mentally to succeed in whatever they do so i think he becomes the doctor she juilliards it up and does whatever that leads to Mm -hmm. she's a juilliarder mayor juilliard i got a pretty boring answer uh i don't really i think they did make a sequel right they did make a sequel yeah i don't think they need to but i don't know anything about the sequel is it the classic new characters or is it same characters it's the same characters but recasted oh rough one yeah but it like continues the story yeah I could tell you about it because you for sure are not going to watch it. Oh, it's I not going to be on the cast. Yeah, I want to know for sure. So they recast Sarah. And actually, she's the only through line um, in the in the sequel. So uh, there's no there's no uh, Chanel. There's no Derek. Damn, like, bummer. They, she gets out of the hood completely. She gets out. <laughs> I'm glad the white person made it out. She didn't deserve to be there. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. She, that was real sad that she was oh, there. Oh, man. But uh, she... <laughs> The second movie basically follows her at her first year at Juilliard. Uh-huh. They kind of wrap it up real quick in the beginning. Like Derek and her go to different schools. They they did a clean break because they didn't want to do the long distance thing. Oh, is that kind of so, what I Yeah, so great job there. Bow. <laughs> but what I find hilarious with the sequel is that her love interest in the sequel is also a black man. Oh. <laughs> So they kept that alive. I believe they call that the jungle feet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, people really love this in the first movie. Let's bring that back. Yeah. Well, they were like, we gotta, have, we gotta have a black guy on the cover, right? Yeah. yeah. They continue the ballet, hip hop balance. Uh-huh. So she, you know, she's doing ballet and Juilliard during the day, hip hop at night at the club. Yeah. I. For a sequel, it's not bad. Like if I were to compare it to the center stage sequel. Oh, I think it's way better. So it's not as bad as it could have been, but the dancing significantly. The hip hop dancing is better. All right. So in terms of sequels, <laughs> is it a center stage two? Is it a bring it on two, or is it a step up to the streets? <laughs> I don't remember step up two very well. I would say that it's a bring it on two. It's like. Okay, okay attempt but just doesn't have the magic yeah there's like something missing and there's a little too much corn yeah so but yeah you you pretty much nailed it uh with your beyond the credits i would say i personally think that Derek, he goes to georgetown he's pretty successful there he finds it hard to fit in at first 
and actually money's kind of tight. So he actually works in a barbershop part time <laughs> <laughs> to make up for it. Find his community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Nikki goes on to be a slayer. She takes on the name of Kendra. Uh-huh. And I think that, no, I'm just kidding. I'm messing. Yeah, I think that, you know, he's successful at Georgetown. And I think Chanel, you know, it kind of looks like her and her her baby daddy, like, sort of yeah. come together at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I think the movie implies that. Yeah. So I kind of think that they work it out and that she ends up, you know, going to fashion school. Because there's, like, that little, there was that mini scene yeah. where she, like, made a dress and everything. Mm-hmm. I love her fashion in this movie too. Like I just I love that whole Carrie Washington's look in this movie. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. She looks so good. Why do you think it's called Save the Last Dance? Like I know it's a dancing movie, but like I don't know. It doesn't re- I can't really think of a where that would apply. Save the last dance for your audition? Alright. I don't know. I think they just were like it's a dance movie. That's a that's a phrase. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't have uh the song Save the Last Dance for Me. Yeah, it's kind of a weird tone they could add some drums to it and fucking usher to remix it and <laughs> called it the, the hip-hop version oh man and then they could have bobbed in their shirts to it <laughs> so we've gone through this repeatedly why i love this movie i think it's pretty apparent why yeah. but the reason why i think that you should love this movie is under the whole hip-hop or dance movie which i know isn't your thing there is a true story under it which i thought in a way, was pretty authentic. The relationships and the characters, the acting was pretty good. So I thought that you'd appreciate that. They kind of touch on a lot of social issues. At the very least, I thought that I could draw you in with the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. As a hip-hop fan, I just thought that you would appreciate that a lot and could that could carry you into loving this film, potentially. Uh And I didn't have this on my list before, but because you love the oversized clothes so much, I think the fashion should be a reason why you love this movie. <laughs> but yeah, and at the end of the day, whether you love it or not, but I do hope you love it, I don't feel bad making you watch this because I think that I've introduced you to some of pop culture, like necessary pop yeah, culture. Nice. <laughs> but I mean, with all that said, Andy, mm-hmm. do you love what I love? I love it. Those are all some very good points to reasons why you think I might love this movie. First and foremost, soundtrack is banging. It's all like the top hits of of that era of hip hop, but they're all fucking slammers. <laughs> like I can see why dancing is the cornerstone of, of this community because. Jesus Christ, all these songs are so goddamn good. Yeah. And I love how it's like a universal appeal to it. I also found it funny that her dad plays jazz. And then when she tells Derek, she's like, yeah, he plays jazz. You went to it. And he was like, Ugh. Like, <laughs> like he was like, lame, corny shit. And I was just like, that's pretty just ironic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, the soundtrack A plus all, all the way through. Like most of these movies you pick where I think like they're going to be very like incredibly like surface level. It is. It always just proves to me how much a good cast can elevate things. As much as I cracked on Julia Stiles for looking corny the whole movie, she did have a lot of charm to her. Mm. Um, and you know, she just Julia Stiles in this era like played a, that kind of good like weird teenager. I was getting a lot of like ten things I hate about you cat vibes from it a little bit, just a little like, tougher. 
cool to see Kerry Washington. I don't think I've ever seen her this young in yeah. anything. Like I can't think of anything earlier than this that I've seen her in. She was only in one film before this, and it was an indie film. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'd never seen her this young before. Uh, I didn't know Kendra was going to be in it, but <laughs> it was pretty cool. So, cast was pretty sweet. And then, in terms of you talking about the kind of like the real stories beneath it, like everyone's backstories, I did appreciate that. I did like it. I will say... Because, like I said, to me, it felt like this came at the tail end of the era where a lot of these, these I hate the term hood movies. I just can't think of a better way to say it. Mm. These hood movies were coming out. This did seem a little more watered down just based on mm. everything else that I can think of that I've seen these storylines portrayed in years earlier. So I was saying that this kind of inspired me for my next pick for next week. I'll leave it as a mystery. Wait, so that means it's official. You've decided then. <sighs> I guess so. Or I'm just not <laughs> going to say the title and then uh... whatever. Anyway, so the storyline with Malachi, the the storyline with Chanel, the single mother and stuff. Very real, real stories, important to tell. And I do like that in a kind of a mainstream, broader movie like this, that is kind of in there. But for me as a fan who've seen just everything from Boys in the Hood to Men's Society to Juice to you know spike lee stuff i've seen jungle fever so i've seen the interracial stuff everything else kind of tackled tackled with a tiny bit less kid gloves and i don't think this movie really had I don't, the kid gloves i don't mean it like disparagingly but because this is pg-13 and kind of aimed at teenagers and really centers on the dance at the end of the day and then these things are kind of on the side where i enjoyed watching it i think it actually added to my enjoyment while we were watching this movie, but it didn't like blow my mind in any sense of the way. But if I was 10 or 11, like you were when this came out and saw it for the first time, I could see it as a really almost scary look at like some adult stuff that you've never seen before. You know what I mean? So I appreciate it in there at the end of the day with the dancing. It was just (laughs) so insane. I'm sorry. I feel, I don't, I don't want to be a negative Nancy. And I, I know I haven't loved the last couple of ones that I keep saying, like, I liked it more than I thought I would. And I don't, I'm not trying to act all like high and mighty. I just, I just couldn't buy it. Like the, (laughs) the, the club chanting her name, the fact that her moves improved, but they weren't like that good. (laughs) The fact that they were training for nothing and then training for something, but training the wrong way. And then even though they did it wrong, it was just like the dance was the messiest part <laughs> and it's called save the last dance so it's hard for me to be Damn. like what a brilliant move but it's thoroughly entertaining i wasn't bored i liked it i i liked the performances like i said and there was never it was never a certain character or a certain storyline that i was like oh let's wrap this up mm. every time i started dancing i got excited because i knew it was gonna be some wild shit of just being <laughs> like this is goofy as fuck like, what are, <laughs> like why is this good <laughs> um, yes you said why is this good yeah oh i thought you were saying why is this so good to watch no i mean like why is this dancing yeah. supposed to blow my mind that false excitement <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh so it's, it's a fun time worth the watch style style solid you know i so i liked it but nah, sorry didn't love it Still, uh, it's fine it's not a competition 
sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I do, I'm going to make sure you love one of the dance movies I love. I There has to be one. I mean, I haven't seen, again, I haven't seen Dirty Dancing, but the fact oh, it's got Swayze classic. is a good. Good start. Yeah, you're, you're starting with a leg up on that one because yeah. he's great. I think I have a good chance with that movie. But um, I, it will be a while because, again, I like, you know this. It's hard for me to do research for things I love, but like things I like love, love, I really go into it. So I think it might be a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Side, side burns <laughs> once. I want to get better at the show, too. You right, know what I mean? yeah. So I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like, you had a fun time. Yeah, I wasn't bored. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you didn't see me nodding off or anything like that. Yeah. Like and bring it on. Wow. <laughs> we drank so much whiskey. <laughs> that one didn't count. We were not of uh, sober mind. We were on right. vacation. That's fine. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had a fun time. So, folks, that's our show. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. And if you have any opinions on what we discussed, follow us on social media at LWIL Podcast. It's a great place to find out what we'll be talking about next. And as always, if you have time, please take a moment to rate and review every bit of feedback helps. I'm Andy. And I'm Masha. And I hope you love what I love. Thank you.